Come stop and take a trip down on my block Where you see hidden potential Young minds sharper than pencil And ain't afraid to speak their mind If they got something against you We standing with you We tackle issues like civic pride Hate will cease to exist Let's put our differences aside From my side to your side From Dutch Town to South Side From Penrose to North Side From Benton Park to Old North The West End the West Side We bless when we step out We stand down, rise up Stand together, wise This is Stitchcast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. This program is a special edition of Stitchcast Studio called The Why of My City and is funded by Missouri Humanities Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. Funding for this grant is provided by the CARES Act and the National Endowment for the Humanities. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers. Oh, you know I've been changed. The St. Louis Story Stitches has called my name. Oh, you know I've been changed. The St. Louis Story Stitches has called my name. All right, I'm Bobby Norfolk, storyteller, actor, and I bring to you the Story Stitches Why of the City. And the subject matter this day is going to be the legacy of the veil. We have Delmore's the great divide between North and South St. Louis. So back in the day, 99.9% of all black folks live north of Delmore. 99.9% of all white folks live south of Delmore. And so what we're going to do, we're going to talk about why that came to be. Restrictive covenants. We're talk about redlining and all the things that happened in the fair city of St. Louis from that time, 1764, when the city was founded, to today. We have a panel of distinguished folks, and so we want to have everybody introduce themselves, basically the name and what their specialty is starting to my right young man over there with the red cap who are you sir my name is paul norfolk spoken word artist storyteller all right that'll work all right to my left all right my name is t i'm 21 and i'm an aspiring artist black activist and my name is percy green the second former chairperson of a, a protest organization by the name of Action. And I'm Emira Burns, uh, re- program director of Story Stitchers and also a, a recording artist myself too. All right. And we have our Brother Integrity, the engineer, and our photography that's going to hold everything down for us so we can get this party started. I must say that for me, growing up in the veil was a very interesting thing because I went to Sumner High School. I don't know if any any bulldogs in the house. (laughs) 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 I had to do that. But Charles Sumner High School, oldest black high school west of the Mississippi, founded in 1875. And now, according to Wikipedia, Sumner High School wasn't originally in the Ville. It was downtown St. Louis, and it was right next to the morgue. 
But I found out that there were a lot of black folks that didn't like their kids going to a school next door to the morgue. Mm. So in 1875, they switched it over to the Ville. Originally, the Ville was populated by Irish and Germans. Yeah, Charles Elliard had a big old farm over there in that area, and he was from Ireland, and then some German folks came over, and they started to settle in, and lo and behold, some well-to-do black folks had the audacity to come move in that area, and whew, what happened after that? White flight. <laughs> People got out of Dodge. <laughs> the Irish left, the Germans left, and <laughs> Black folks just settled right into the Ville, and ooh, it became a very, very popular place. As a matter of fact, I know some of these other people can attest to some of the things that happened in the Ville at the height of its powers. For example, Homer G. Phillips Hospital. It's a black hospital. Started there in the Ville. Poro College, Madam C.J. Walker, Annie Malone. They blew up with black women's hair care there. And, ooh, some, I have to say, I, even though I went to some high school, there were some other famous folks. Uh, uh, Mr. Percy Green, did, what high school did you no, go to? No, I didn't go to Sumner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I forgive you, my brother. Some, Sumner was an, uh, was an arrival, was a rival. Uh, I went to Vashon. But, uh, uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Uh, yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. No, when you said Sumner, those were fighting words. <laughs> Back in the day. I know, we had a lot of football yeah, yeah, games. Yeah, there. we had a lot of challenging football yes, games. Yes, we did. There, you know, you know we, 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 we win the game, win the fight, we lose the game, we still win the fight. <laughs> That's how we roll. <laughs> well, I don't know about all that. I don't, I don't quite remember that. <laughs> that might have been before my time. But no, 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 no. It used to be, it used to be some fisticuffs uh, every so often. But let's not leave out Washington Tech now. See, at the time that I was in high school, um, uh, we only had three high schools in the city. Washington Tech was a uh, technical school located there somewhere on Franklin. And then, of course, we had Bashad located where, uh, where uh, Harris Stowe is now. Yes, sir. And then, of course, we had um, Sumner. Now, Sumner was where all of the, you know, the uppity-uppity. <laughs> choose your words carefully, I mean, brother. <laughs> <laughs> at least many times, that was the concept that many of us had at the time. Mm. You know, yeah. That uh, Sumner was the folks that had a little bit going, had a lot mm -hmm. going for them. And yes, then sir. And was uh, in betwixt in betwixt, you all may not know that. <laughs> and then, of course, you had Washington Tech with uh, a, a, a technical school. But many times, those of us that was at Vashon, as well as some of, the, some of my Sumner friends, we used to kind of look down on Washington Tech because it was a technical school. We didn't have the, the clear understanding of that uh, technical know-how was just as, uh, as important as uh, the academics. But uh, but nonetheless, uh, uh, the Sumner was uh, it was uh, it, 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 it was strictly uh, important to the whole scheme of things. Mm. Yes, sir. What what W. E. D. Boys called the talented tenth. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. That's right. We, we uh, Sumner had a lot of the light complexion blacks that attended that. Mm. Uh, that was something else that sometimes we had an attitude about those. 
those that were darkies like me, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. we used to have an attitude uh, uh, because sometimes some of those folks, be, they behave as if they were almost white. But, mm. you know, Is that right? So the oh, octomaroon yeah. folks. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how Bobby got in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he didn't say that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, bro, I need some help over here. My younger brother, Paul, he bail me out over here. <laughs> so I have a question for you all. What are some of your um, most memorable moments in the Ville, you know, growing up? You know, what are, what was... You know, something that really changed or molded you as a young person to become now the astonishing uh, leaders that you are today in our community. Um, one of the things that uh, affected me uh, very much was probably, um, let me see, who is that group? Uh, the Black Panther Party. Mm -hmm. And the Black Panthers... They uh, they had a guy there named Stokely Carmichael, mm. and Stokely Carmichael came with that Black Power, mm. and boy, 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 that did a whole lot for us. Black Power, Black Power, brother, mm. Black Power, Power to the people, and uh, I grew up in St. Louis at a time where uh, there was a lot of opposers of the Civil Rights Movement. They killed uh, Mega Evers. Mm. They killed. Uh, Malcolm X, mm. they killed uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. And you can imagine that this had a very demoralizing mm. uh, effect on the black community. Yeah. So when uh, Stokely Carmichael was shouting black power, power, that show we started having some, some, some solidarity, more solidarity. It was a call for us, for blacks all around the country to unite to have, to recognize their heritage and uh, and to have a sense of community. Mm. So uh, it was a very powerful time in my, in, in my time period. Uh, we even had uh, adapted a handshake called the DAP. We, and so, uh, so <laughs> we, we, we was really, uh, really, really brothers. Mm. One other thing that I needed to say about that the uh, the Black Panther Party was a very strong movement mm. uh, around the country, and uh, there was the forces to be. Edgar J. Hoover started sending his agents out to destroy the Black Panther Party. I believe one of the things that he did was started to flood the uh, Black community with heroin, mm. and pretty soon people wasn't saying "power to the people, brother," "power to the people." Instead, they start saying, using the N-word mm. and going, Negro, I don't want to hear nothing like that. If you don't have my money, I'm good. So the whole, the whole attitude of black people start to change mm. to a great degree once, uh, once the Black Panther Party started getting wiped out. Mm. All right. Yeah. Miss Lady, over there. Uh, did, did we do a proper introduction about you? you yes, say I said that I was an aspiring artist. You performing artist? Okay, yeah. give us a little bit of the background of your um, bill history. Um, so I've been back and forth from the bill to Texas, you know, Illinois. So I didn't even, um, I didn't go to high school here. 
But um, being around my grandmother and the rest of my family that are here, um, I've seen a lot of, you know, violence and everything. So mm -hmm. that kind of made me just want to get the message out there with the gift that God blessed me to have. So that's why, you know, I do what I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, your grandmother live in the Ville? Or mm -hmm. she's, she's still there in the Ville? She's still yeah, with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm here too. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what city did you come from before St. Louis? Um, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Archie Bell and the Dreads. Got to tighten up. In a, in a way before your time, girl. <laughs> Mr. Percy Green, member, <clears throat> leader of action. Not a member, you the leader yeah. of action. Now, yeah. see, I think I owe you a debt of gratitude. Mm -hmm for climbing that gateway arch back in the day when they were building that arch, because guess what? In 1976, they were looking for a black person to be a national park ranger. <laughs> there was no black folks working right. at the arch, right. mm -hmm. okay? And all of a sudden, they went all the way out to Umso, grabbed me off campus, wanted me to be a historian interpreter. Ah. So yes, sir, I, I, I owe you a whole lot of money. Mm. Oh, well, but, right on. Well, <laughs> they have But they need to know when that arch was being built, yeah. why you climbed up there, and what did you do when you got up there on that scaffold? Well, well let me just say first and foremost about uh, how we uh, how I gravitated from from Sumner. I mean, I never went to Sumner, but. The interesting thing is that when I was in high school, see, I was in high school in 1950. I uh, started uh, and graduated in 1954. But during that particular time, uh, my experience was that uh, we challenged, uh, we always had a big rival with uh, Sumner, uh, uh, you know, like for Thanksgiving, what do they call it, the playoff day of uh, Thanksgiving Day, something? A homecoming. Homecomings, uh, like, yes, you know. And uh, a lot of times, uh, the, um, the disciplinary actions at that particular time was that when a person got put out of school at Vashon, then of course they had to either go to Washington Tech or Sumner. And some of our great uh, football players, either they were charged with pregnating uh, a female or girlfriend or whatnot, they were put out of school. And so, uh, Merle Gibbons, one of our leading uh, football uh, ends uh, back in the time, was put out of uh, Vashon because of such. And then uh, he ended, ended up going to uh, Sumner, and uh, he was a star football player uh, there. Uh, we had, uh, uh, I can't think of, uh, uh, I guess it was uh, during my time there, it must have been about, oh, as much as, as many as 10 people on the football team or baseball team that was put out and then end up uh, playing uh, for summer. Um, of course, I, right after I come out of high school, I wasn't interested in the protest movement. I wasn't uh, aware of the protest movement until after I come out of the service. And that was, I was drafted in, uh, uh, let's see, in 1958. And then I come out of the uh, service in 1960. And then a, 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 a fellow that I was working with, of course, after I come out, well, before I was drafted, I was working at McDonnell Douglas. And uh, at that time, a good paying job was paying like $1.56 an hour. But uh, you can imagine where 
times were then versus now. Mm -hmm. And with me being paid, did I say $1.58, uh, $1.56? I'm sorry, it was, I was I paid $1.58 an hour. That was two cents more than what my father, my father retired mm. uh, making at independent packing company. So what he was retiring at, at $1.56, I started at $1.58, two cents more than mm. what he was making. Now, this was now, again, you don't have to think in terms of the times and what the cost of living was mm. at that particular time and everything. But nonetheless, after coming out of the movement, after uh, coming out of the service, and then I went back to McDonnell Douglas uh, uh, to work after I come out of the service. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of curious about, you know, uh, my surroundings. You know, some of my uh, high school uh, 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 friends graduated, uh, made high grades and, Made just a, some made better grades than I did in uh, in high school, but then they ended up being down and outers, you know, and so that, and and here I am working at McDonnell Douglas, making a nice salary, doing pretty well for myself, and I was curious. I became curious, so I wondered, uh, you know, why was that so? Um, because black folks were not poor by choice. Yeah, something had to be going on. Mm -hmm. And so consequently, that's what perked my curiosity. And then, of course, uh, uh, the rest is uh, history. I can talk about that later, but I don't want to be dominating all of our... Because this is a long story, and I don't want to get into all of it, but that's how I've come into being. Mm. Yes, sir. Uh, the action of those letters means something? Well, it did at the time, you know, uh, uh, when we first organized, right after the Jefferson Bank situation, uh, we wanted to be a, a more progressive organization. After we saw how things began to occur as a result of direct action protests, meaning disrupting the, the status quo and the, uh, the, the progress uh, that, that occurred afterwards, we wanted to build an organization around that around uh, civil disobedience, where you go in and disrupt, non-violently, but you disrupt to, to cause attention to the issues and then um, force them to be public so more people can, uh, can observe them and begin to become aware of them. And then, of course, that perks their conscience. Uh, consequently, uh, and then a certain amount of action will take place. So we built an organization around that action, but if we couldn't call ourselves action at the time, just action, because the white power structure would have associated us with a communist organization, because my organization was an interracial organization, but it was black control. Blacks made the main decisions, but we allow for all people to participate in building that uh, 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 building the issues toward the decision, the final decision making. Yes, sir. So consequently, uh, we developed this organization and I used to have what was called Afro Day in the Park. And that's how I've become involved with the prime minister here. What not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have Bobby. Bobby would part of the program, you know what I mean? 
And was he good? I mean, he set that crowd. Our fairground park, uh, we used to have it. We had it at one well, I mean, just one, um, one time during the summer. And then we gravitated to having it uh, uh, once a month, June, July, and August, uh, there at fairground. It used to be full of people. I used to have uh, speakers, bands, and whatever other talent that we had, like uh, Bobby would be the man. He would be, he would, he would be the man in terms of storytelling, mm -hmm. and uh, was fantastic. And we've been friends and associates ever since then. Now I had these Afro Day and the Park Festival starting, I think, about 1960. It might have been about 1968. Is that about? That's the, about right. That yes, about sir. right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm. All the way up until about 1980. And then after that, I dissolved my organization. Mm. But there's a whole lot of other things that happen all in betwixt. Mr. Paul, uh, otherwise known as Mr. Smooth. Now, oh. see, I, we got to get into your legacy here growing up in Ville, because, you know, Percy Green had mentioned this thing about Fairground Park. Now, as we speak right now, you live right behind Beaumont High School. Is that not correct, my brother? Oh, uh, yeah, that's accurate. And you are a, an organic farmer. Is that not correct? That's accurate. Okay, and you have this crop called wheatgrass. Could you just tell us a little bit about the wheatgrass? Oh, yeah. Um, I grow, grow wheatgrass, okay? And uh, one of the reasons I do it is I believe it's a most nutritional product. I believe that it strengthens your immune system. I believe that it uh, purifies your liver, that it cleanses your blood. It has all kind of wonderful nutrients in it. And if you do any research on it, you'll find that it's among other things called a superfood. It's, um, it has a green juice in it, the chlorophyll, and the chlorophyll is, is, is just a powerful blood cleanser, among other things, and a blood builder. So that's one of the things that um, I'm strongly pushing right now in my week. Right? And and where, where are you getting it? <laughs> or, 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 <laughs> basically, just contact me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, the wheatgrass doctor the wheatgrass. is in the house. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, right yes. Yeah, I'd like I, to check that out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, you know, and they and they serve it in shots. You know, the little one ounce and two ounce cups. I call it liquid sunshine. Really? Yes, liquid sunshine. It's like taking that sun energy and just putting it into your bloodstream. Mm. And it's not a cocktail drink, okay? You have been warned. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not a cocktail. Not, 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 like a in other words, it, in other words, it doesn't have any spirits. No. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Oh, okay. However. <laughs> and you, you know, you swish it around, you know, and I learned this from Brother Paul, you know, you, you have to swish it around in your mouth and let the enzymes oh, in your mouth okay. uh, release mm -hmm. all of that uh, the saliva. And then when it hits your bloodstream, woo, I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. And, you know, and once you start to ingest it on a regular basis, you immediately feel the effects. Yeah. Well, tell us more about it, man. Another thing that makes it really, really popular 
is people believe that it's a strong cancer fighting agent. Mm. Okay. Um, let me see here. Um, is it any type of cancer? It's a strong cancer fighting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, let me see what I was getting ready to say here. Um, well, I know you got some pictures of it. I know Percy Green had asked about you. Oh, uh, yeah. In touch with you. So just send them the pictures. You just send it to the different people on stories, pictures. But oh, uh, yeah. One last thing that I needed to say is uh, people use it for medicinal purposes. They use it for medicinal purposes. And the greatest thing about wheatgrass is whenever you go and get medicines from a doctor or a pharmacist, all medications have side effects. No such thing with wheatgrass juice. No side effects. Mm. No, you said no side effects. No side effects. Mm, because it's natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, Paul grows them in these trays, right? Like you go to a nursery to get flowers, to get the uh, petunias and the uh, impatience. But the wheatgrass grows up about, what, three inches tall? Hey, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time right now for our Pick the City Up art interlude featuring an original piece by famous author and storyteller Bobby Norfolk called The Veal. Deep in the system of the Milky Way, down on a planet called Earth, there is a place in North St. Louis I've lived since my birth. Italians and Catholics live in South St. Louis in a place called The Hill. I grew up north of Del Mar in the area called The Ville. It was an adventure and a thrill. People from all walks of life going through joy, going through strife, the best of the best, having to achieve test after test. Where'd I go to high school, you might ask? Well, here, dear people, is a blast from the past. One, two, one. Everywhere we go, everywhere we go, people want to know, people want to know who we are, who we are, the so we tell them, so we tell them, we are the bulldog, we are the bulldog, the mighty, mighty bulldog, the mighty, mighty bulldog, what you gonna do, the Boston Boogaloo, what you gonna say, whip it all the way, hey, 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 Ungawa, Sumner's got the power. The legend singer's conductor, Kenneth Brown Billups, mentored mezzo-soprano Grace Bunbury, who performed for U.S. presidents. When we had problems when we took up residence, attorney Margaret Bush Wilson fought restrictive covenants. She went to the U.S. Supreme Court, challenging redliners in the battle of Shelley versus Kramer. She was a powerhouse, and the system simply couldn't tame her. After the rise of Chuck Berry, Tina Turner blew up with a song called Proud Mary. Left a good job down in the city, working for the man every night and day. And I never lost one minute of sleep when I was worrying about the way the thing might have been. You know, big wheel keep on turning. Proud Mary keeps on burning. You know it, you're rolling, 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 rolling on the river. Master teacher Julia Davis came to fame, and the St. Louis Public Library put a building in her name. 
Google the group The Fifth Dimension featuring Ron Townsend and Billy Davis Jr. and take your pick with songs like Age of Aquarius, Up, Up and Away, and Stone Soul Picnic. Charles H. Turner, a brilliant scientist of great renown, had a middle school named after him in this North St. Louis town. Gifted baritone Robert McFerrin Sr., first black person to sing in New York's Metropolitan Opera. I saw him walking down the street and I took my stand. I said, how you doing, Mr. McFerrin? He said, I'm fine, young man. Tennis player Arthur Ayers left Richmond, Virginia to learn with Richard Hudlin. Won Wimbledon in three grand slams and few could achieve above him. Chuck Berry, the true originator of rock and roll, was doing hip-hop in 1955, and that ain't no jive. As I was was meeting down the hill, I saw Maybelline in a coupe de ville. A Cadillac rolling on the open road, nothing could outrun my V8 Ford. A Cadillac doing about 95, she bumping the bumper rolling side by side, Maybelline. Why can't you be true, oh Maybelline? Why can't you be true? You done going back doing the things you used to do. Annie Malone and Madam C.J. Walker perfected black women's hair care and became black female millionaires. Attorney Homer G. Phillips lobbied for the first black hospital in the Ville and politics are being played in his name even still. Activist comedian Dick Gregory in 1961 showed other black comedians exactly how it was done. And what am I talking about? Talking about the veal. Boom, boom, boom. I'm talking about the veal. Boom, boom, boom. I'm talking about the veal. And they, uh, Paul grows them in these trays, right? Like you go to a nursery. Mm-hmm. To get flowers to get yeah. the uh, petunias and the uh, impatience, but the wheatgrass grows up about what three inches tall. You whack it down, and it's a special way that you extract the juice from it. I see. Yeah. T- tell them about that juice extractor. <laughs> uh, they got different kinds of juicers. One of them is the electric juicer. I, <clears throat> I, I personally prefer a manual juicer. And what it does is it lets you get maximum, maximum nutrition Mm. out of it. And I just crank it out. And whenever I sell wheatgrass to people, uh, I can sell it to them in trade. As my brother mentioned right here, I also sell shots. Mm -hmm. So I can freeze it and people can come up and get like a a week's worth Mm -hmm. of frozen wheatgrass. Mm -hmm. And they take my shot every day. Mm. Okay, yeah. Okay, very good. All right. So is there a particular um, way you grow it? Like, is it able to grow in cold winter months or is it just a certain season uh, that you grow it? First of all, I grow it inside the house Mm -hmm. and I can grow it all year round. Wow. And what I do is uh, I make sure I keep the house at a certain room temperature. Mm -hmm. Where can you read up on it at? Uh, one way you can read up on it is just Google it. Google it? Yeah, if you Google wheatgrass, wheatgrass, wheat it's a ton of information on Okay. It. But okay. they also got books on it. They got it. Okay. Uh, the Hippocrates Health Center uh, got good information on it, too. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. yes. Thank you.
And speaking, and since we're on diet and nutrition, I have to say, you know, when uh, in my heathen days when I was still eating meat, <laughs> <Okay>, so, <laughs> that's right, I said it. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty much vegan now. And, but back in the day, at some point, Percy, I, I know Paul, you know about this, a hamburger joint. It was about one block away from something called Billy Burke's. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, about Billy Burke's? Yeah, yeah. You, you no, know my mom went to something yeah. like You know about Billy Burke's? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, they had some of the best hamburgers right. on the planet. Yeah, they were known, they were known nationally, but not people. Yes. When they come to St. Louis, they, they want to know, where is Billy Burke's? Yeah. <laughs> I've been hearing about it. Yeah, yeah that's right. See, not that people talk about sweetie pies. Right. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sweetie pie. It Billy Burks. Mm. We couldn't wait to get out of something house after that last class. You know, people, yeah. people yeah. from Bashar. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. so yeah. yeah. They would all come and they have about like 10 patties. And yeah. we see flipping the patties over and you say, give me mine with cheese. All right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that was during the times of, uh, uh, you know, that was during the time of segregation, whatnot, mm. you see. I mean, uh, as, you, as, as you should know by now, mm. of course, the only reason why, the reason why I say that, because some of you listeners, they may not be aware of absolute segregation. You mm -hmm. see, that, as I said before, at that particular time, at least during my time, we only had the three, mm -hmm. three high schools or whatnot, you know. And then, of course, I mean, uh, blacks went to all black uh, 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 elementary schools. I, I come from uh, Louisville, or Louisville, mm -hmm. from Tucson, Louisville, or whatnot. Uh, I, you know, I went to the school, but never really knew who Mm. Who, who who he was until after I was out, where I could have real respect for him. The same as with uh, Bashan. These people were named after, the schools were named after people that were supposed to be, you know, important. Uh, mm. But then at the same time, a lot of time, blacks were going after seg after they ended segregation, Soul Dan, Bullmouth. As far as I was concerned, both of them were racist. Mm. And here, black folks was going to, you know, those schools were all white, but then once they became uh, inter, uh, interracial, many times the whites then began to leave from, from the neighbor, neighborhood as well as leaving the community altogether. Mm -hmm. Then those schools become predominantly black. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, that's just like us going to school named, uh, named uh, Klu Klux Klan. Mm -hmm. You know, if you didn't really have no association. But mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, that was uh, that was the time. Exactly. As a matter of fact, I have a friend who is white. His name is Perrin Stiefel. He's a storyteller. Yes. And yes. I asked him what high school he went to. He said he went to Beaumont. Yeah. I said, well, yeah. what year was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, well, no black yeah. folks yeah. went to Beaumont That's right. when he was there. You mm. see, you're on the north side. You had Beaumont. You had Central. Uh, these were all white schools that became uh, black. Soldan, uh, and I can't think of some of the others. Soldan, mm. but anyway. Most what was of that technical high school right over there off of uh, King's Highway? Hadley. 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 Hadley, Hadley mm. Tech. Yeah. Hadley Tech, you know. So the thing about it is things have uh, changed as the population has increased. You know, blacks, uh, uh, the population, uh, 
explosion to a great degree, and that uh, brought about uh, some change as well as protesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't until that Supreme Court case, Shelley versus Crema, yeah. that they started this thing about getting rid of restrictive covenants yeah. and, and redlining. Yes. yes. And yes. then the Green versus McDonald. Well, see, the Green versus McDonald case, the case you all have not aware of, the only way you can prove racial discrimination is if the white person who committed the act admitted that they had discriminated against the black person. Mm. Now, you know the likelihood of that happening was right. practically nil. But in my case, the Green versus McDonald case, made it possible for you to prove racial discrimination circumstantially, you know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, whenever you get a chance, you may want to Google the Green versus McDonald case because it made it possible for you to be able to prove racial discrimination. Mm. Yeah. Wow. You know. Hey, um, you. Uh, while we're on that subject of segregation, I wanted to ask Brother Percy Green, can you tell me uh, what was the hospitals like as regards segregation during that time? Period? Oh, wow. That's an excellent question. Yeah. At that particular time, you know, there was no, um, black folks were allowed to go to Bowen's Hospital at the time. Uh, uh, they, uh, they could be admitted, you know, if they would be admi- admitted, but they, um, they would be admitted on the, in the basement. Mm. Uh, the beds and, uh, and, all, uh, and, and what have you was in the basement. And then, of course, um, you had city number one back in the day. Uh, we only had that one hospital and it was segregated. Uh, and then finally, the politics came about to the extent that uh, the uh, city decided to build another city hospital that was called City Number Two, and it was named after Homer Phillips. Homer Phillips was a, a, an attorney, and he was pretty much of an of a, of a activist and whatnot. And then, of course, I mean, uh, uh, they named the hospital after him. Now, he was killed. Mm. He was assassinated in some manner, and to this day, they have not solved that particular crime. Mm. So Homer Phillips uh, was killed over there on, uh, I think it was uh, Ronald Taylor and something, I can't forget. Uh, but uh, someone, one morning, he was on his way to work, come up, boom, shot him dead and disappeared, and nothing, that was an unsolved crime to this day. Wow. And uh, that Homer Phillips that uh, was shot dead, that's the same one that uh, the hospital was built after. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. The, the hospital was named after. All the, right. It was called City Number Two. And I think after his death and after his advocacy for so long for a city, house, uh, city hospital for, the, for black, because the black population was growing so, and it was just, uh, it was just inhumane to have black folks not have a place to uh, uh, to be hospitalized and taken care of uh, and, and, and be relegated to going down in the basement or whatnot. Mm. I mean, where you had all of the pipes and uh, mm. hardly any light or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, thank you very much for that, brother. Yeah. yeah. My sister, you said your grandmother went to Sumner High School? My mother went to Sumner. Okay. She probably wasn't there with you all, though. Did you have any stories that they t- 
told you about um, the bill or Sumner? No, I'm not sure what um, school my grandmother went to, but um, it was predominantly white, and she had a lot of experience with discrimination. I know she said they used to bully her, they used to take her lunch money, hmm. and um, one day she got off the bus, and there was this uh, white boy, um, he raised the window, he let the window down on the bus, and he spit right on her, mm -hmm. and called her, you know, the N-word. This was in the city? Yeah. Oh, the school that she, that she went to? Yeah. Well, it, it, would turn, it wouldn't have been summer. No, mm -hmm. that's why I said I don't know yeah. what school she went No, it probably had to be uh, 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 the schools that I met, uh, Soldan. Beaumont. Or Beaumont. Uh, Beaumont. Uh, now, Southwest yeah. High School used to be, I think, uh, right over there. First, it was over there, right at the hill. Which one? Southwest. Yeah. High school, but yeah, yeah, we had Southwest, but but I think uh, Southwest was one of those that desegregated. Oh, you, you, she lived on the South Side. I think so. Oh well, then you probably right there. But mm -hmm. but South Side, but Southwest, I think was among those that was later integrated. Uh, mm -hmm. well, some yeah. of the first ones was mm -hmm. Central, Beaumont, Central, and yeah. uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt, yeah. yeah. Roosevelt was on the South Side. Yeah. Behind. Yeah. Mm. So question, um, I've, so I haven't lived over in the Ville, but you know, I've been over there a lot of times and I hear these amazing stories about, you know, how, how much it was thriving, you know, how people had their own businesses and how the cash flow would flow through the neighborhood a few times, circulate through the neighborhood a few times before it left, you know, and ooh. Could you all talk a little bit more about that? You know, because yeah. like for people like me and okay. like in my age group, Good we don't. Question. Yeah, Good we don't question. have to see that. Yeah, well, let me, let me tell you a lot now. From 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 my vantage point, now it might be different because we have different experiences and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, I often I often talk about that at a lot of uh, speaking engagements. You know, it's interesting how well. Uh, how well the black community was operating when it was forced segregation. Now, the moment that the, the moment that uh, uh, the time came for desegregation, as you will find, as it relates to uh, uh, the the uh, the the bill. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, all of a sudden, those professional blacks and uh, and, and what have you. They could hardly wait to move out of the Deville to these predominantly white areas. Mm. And then that took place around, I think I'm thinking about 1950, because when they, when they, when they uh, found, when the Supreme Court said something about the covenant not being constitutional, mm -hmm. that means that blacks then could move wherever they could possibly move to. Many of the blacks that were professional and, and had to making the kind of money that they could move, they moved. They mm. moved in such areas that was like Pine Lawn, mm. Wellston. That was the first line. And then, of course, when it became predominantly blacks, then the blacks moved further and, and further. But the point is that the the population in the Deville, as far as blacks. It took a hell of a dive. Mm. Yes. I mean, they lost about 30% or 30 or 40 some odd percent 
the moment uh, shortly after the decision was made that blacks could move anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing is that um, uh, how well black was doing in all black setting is something that we need to take pride in. But at the same time, remember, that wasn't like they were volunteers mm-hmm. because no, soon, no sooner than blacks got an opportunity to move out of that setting, they did so. Now the question is, why is it that, uh, you know, why can't that be be done on a voluntary basis? The mm-hmm. same as blacks in those other places, like you talked about Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. It was the same way, except that there you, you have whites become envious of how well black was doing in a segregated setting, and they burned it down, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. Uh, also, in response to your question, um, I can say that I lived in uh, in the Ville area from, let's say, 1963 to 1970, 73, and it was a food desert. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a food desert. So, as regards your question about businesses, the number one thing I seen around there was people selling pig ears and pig feet. Yeah. You, can, you can go to the uh, <laughs> yeah. you can go to the uh, liquor store, most of the stores, and they got pickled pig feet mm. in a jar. And yeah, and we was hooked on that stuff. Well, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, we, we love hey, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where the hot sauce. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love, I love the pig feet. I love the pig ears. <laughs> we, the pig ears. We, we, we get everything but the oink. <laughs> pig <They> tails. Had, <laughs> they had little trucks where you can buy hot polar sausages. Yes, and, yes. And things of this yeah. nature. Um, another thing, as regards to the businesses, Homer G. Phillips was a place that employed a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of blacks yeah. were uh, able to get plenty of work from yeah. Loma G. That was the, probably the only hospital in the country mm-hmm. that trained black nurses, made yeah. black doctors. Yeah. So uh, uh, it was it was a really a really great place. A sad thing about it is when they uh, I think Mayor Shame or a group of people came and wanted to close it down. Dick Gregory came to the city and we marched. Save Homer G. Save Homer G. Save Homer G. So, um, just for emphasis, Brother Green was saying, uh, as regards segregation, Homer G. Phillips was a hospital for black people, mm-hmm. and they closed it down. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was that was a pretty rough day for. Many, yeah. many of us. Yeah. yeah. They specialized not so much in the gunshots, but uh, a lot of night wounds. Homer G. Phillips, they had master doctors and, and nurses there. Yes. To see. There was this gang activity going on back in the day mm-hmm. when we were at uh, in high school. It had nothing to do with Bloods and Crips. This was the Taylor Cottage Gang, mm-hmm. the TCs. They were over there in your neighborhood. No, too, we, had, right? we, we had on my neighborhood, we had an angel. Compton Hill Angels. Compton Hill. Then you had the Turks down on uh, uh, down on the low end, um, and then you had the Counts. 
You had the BTOs, the big time, uh, uh, the, 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 the Van de Vinda Bugs. And then you had all kinds of other <laughs> in between. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But at that time, it was a lot of knife fighting. But you did have some uh, some shooting. I remember uh, you had a, when I was in high school, we had a, 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 a known fighter named Jimmy Carter was killed down in Car Square Village. Mm. Um, as a result of uh, shooting, um, I can't. I, I, I yeah, can't there was many. No, but, no. but we had we had a, a fair share. I mean, based upon the population, you know. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have the big caliber guns. We had like uh, 22, 25, or whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't drive-by or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, so, a lot of people didn't have a lot of cars. The people that had something going for them, you know, had cars. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, they duels. Yeah, we used to do we used to have dances. Twenty steps, turn and fire. See, we used to have uh, game fight at dances and whatnot. You know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but anyway. So you you know had to be able to you oh, oh, yeah, you, had, you you had to know yeah. how to who you, who you box for box for ten a box for DeSoto. Yeah yeah you had that you had that going too mm-hmm. you had yeah. to, the boxing thing going on where uh, youngsters could show their manhood, mm. especially the male, and uh, and show their manhood in terms of how well they could box, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you had some of the brothers that had a glass jaw. Mm. Get it? They could do a lot of good shadow boxing, but no, no sooner they got in the ring and got hit upside the head, <laughs> <laughs> they was out for the count. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Richard Pryor said, better to say there he goes than there he lays. <laughs> yeah. But oh, yeah. do you know you talking about the economics though, Ms. Amira? There was actually right there behind Marshall, John Marshall Grade School, right off of uh, what was then Eastern Avenue, now Martin Luther King Drive, right there at uh, Taylor and New State area. There was a Burger King. Mm. And so, you know, that's unheard of, have a Burger King down in the hood. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Yeah. But also, now let's think about White Castle. Mm. See, there was a time, uh, usually, uh, there was picket lines at White Castle there on uh, on uh, King's, uh, on Natural Bridge and King's Highway. Caused uh, a lot. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, because they didn't allow blacks, they didn't serve blacks, except at mm. the window. You had to get your White Castle and leave. Mm. You could not come in and you couldn't drive on the, on, on the lot. Uh, but the thing about it is, you know, all, all of that that is going on now, especially, um, uh, it has it has its own history. You know? mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. All right. You know we. But they, now, but 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 the thing about the uh, the field, I've been over there recently. Wow. It looks like it's about to. Uh, we're about to lose. Uh, yeah. The the, like the, the the veil. I mean, it looks like now. Out. Look like planes like, just being dropped. Like bombs weeds on. and everything. It's no care. It's mm-hmm. no no living over there. I think they have a a a, a senior citizen uh, building over there. Annie Malone is still there. I understand. But uh, I mean, uh, I come through that. I couldn't hardly recognize that yeah. weeds this tall or whatnot. You know. Yeah. Uh, and bring an abandoned buildings. Mm. And, uh, you know, what's going on? I mean, uh, it's all, you know, somebody asked me that very question about how to revive the bill. It's going to take money, yeah. you know, and commitment 
from people who are in the churches. Who well, are what about cities. David Stewart? I mean, is David Stewart? I mean, he's investing in the in the uh, the, uh, the the car thing over there. I mean, uh, the racing. Why? I mean, blacks that have made it successfully, successfully economically. Why? Uh, why is there? Um, why don't they see a need to pool that revenue and re revitalize mm -hmm. uh, uh, the uh, the ville? Yeah. Right. It's it. You know. It's amazing. And then there was another place right over there at. St. Louis Avenue and Sarah that sold jumbo shrimp, Sarah Lou. Sarah Lou, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And some of the best jumbo. Then later on when I started finding out about shrimp, <laughs> the swamp suckers of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they blew up with the uh, sales of shrimp. Um, Brother Paul, again, you, 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 I know you said you were a spoken word artist. But, uh, Ms. Amir, how much time are we working with? Um, it's 10.50 now, so we still got about uh, 10, 15 minutes before we got All right, because, up. see, I know there's this one poem. I'm going to talk about throwing a grenade over at you. Because <laughs> 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 I know the sister over here, she blew us a little bit of uh, her song, but... Can you regale us with a piece of work? I don't know if it's going to be true blues or e blue. <laughs> no more. Well, uh, I say around the uh, late 60s, early 70s, the last poets did a poem called True Blues. And uh, this is my version of it. And it goes, true blues ain't no new news about who's been abused. For the blues is as old as my stolen soul. I sang the blues when the missionaries came, passing out Bibles in Jesus' name. I sang the blues from the hull of the ship beneath the sting of the slave master's whip. I sang the blues when the ship anchored dock. My family being sold on the slave block. I sang the blues being torn from my firstborn. Hung my head and cried when my wife took his life and then committed suicide. I sang the blues on the slave master's plantation, helping him to build his free nation. I seen the blues in the cotton field, hustling <coughs> to make the daily yield. I seen the blues when he forced my woman to bed. Lord knows I wish he was dead. I sang the blues on the run, ducking the dog and dodging the gun. I sang the blues hanging from the tree in a desperate attempt to break free. 
I sang the blues in all his wars, dying from some unknown cause. I sang the blues from sun up to sundown, cursing the master when he wasn't around. I sang the blues in a high tone, low moan, low groan, soft grunt, hard <coughs> funk, showing sure up singing the blues. I sang the blues on land, sea, and air about who, when, why, and where. I sang the blues in church on Sunday, slaving on Monday, abused on Tuesday, misused on Wednesday, accused on Thursday, fried alive on Friday, and, sh and died on Saturday. Sure enough, sing the blues. I sang the blues in summer, fall, winter, and spring. Now you know, sure enough, the blues is my thing. I sing backwater blues, rhythm and blues, gospel blues, St. Louis blues, East St. Louis blues, Crosstown blues, Chicago blues. I sing the Flint, Michigan, contaminated drinking water blues. I sing the Ferguson blues. I sing the Doris Webby, Peabody blues. I sing the Prodigo blues. I sing the Crossroad Prison Blues, the Charleston Prison Blues. I sing the St. Louis City Workhouse Blues. I sing the Tulsa, Oklahoma, Greenwood Massacre Blues. I sing the Police George Floyd Neonate Blues. I seen the Wasp Blues, Harlem Blues, Gut Bucket Blues, Funky Junkie Blues, the Up North <coughs> Cigarette Cough Blues, the Down South Strung Out the Side of My Mouth Blues, the Mississippi I'll Be Done Blues. I seen the Blues Black. I seen the Blues Blacker. I seen the Blues Blackest. Now I sing about my show enough blues blackness while staying conscious of my spiritual need and balancing this with an acute awareness about my blackness. Thank you. <laughs> that was all the chain, man. We need to hear more of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right on. All right, now that's the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> yeah. Growing up in the Ville, you know, I, I know Paul, you rode on the streetcars. I, I don't know about my brother over there, but I don't even know what a streetcar is, except for one that they built to run through the <laughs> jail mall. Yeah. But Percy, you you know about the streetcar? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. went from the. As a matter of fact, they went all the way downtown. Yeah. They looped around around yeah. Sticksbury and Fuller. They used to go out to Wellston and turn around. You know, the yeah. Wellston Loop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, they would, and I would me jump on that streetcar, run on electrical wire, go down the six brand full where our pop used to work. Oh, six brand full, now known as Dillard's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we could walk about three blocks south to famous bar, now known as Macy's. Mm -hmm. Then we'd hop back on the streetcar, go past the Ville, go all the way to Wilson, the Wilson Loop, where it looped around. You remember Cat's drugstore mm -hmm. was there? Yeah. JC yeah. Penny. Yeah. You know, that. Yeah, Wilson five and Loop. ten cent store. Yeah. Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin, yeah. 
Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, that that was the day when the bill and Wellston Loop and he was all connected with downtown. And I bet, young lady, you, you said your mother was from St. Louis? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if she, she ever talked about the streetcars. Yeah. I don't know. It seems impolite to be asking women's age, but <laughs> no, she was she was born in the sixties. In the fifties. In the sixties. Sixties. Mm-hmm. Okay. You say she was born in the sixties. Born in the sixties. Yeah. yeah, Percy, you got shoes older oh. than her. Yeah. Yeah. So I just. I, I, <laughs> hey, 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 Bobby. Uh, last Friday was my birthday. I just turned eighty-five. Congratulations. Come on, man. <laughs> You know, yeah. brother, come yeah. walking up in here yeah. without a king. Right. Too. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of you, my brother. Yeah. You know I'm standing on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. all about the bill. And so, one thing that I saw too, the, the Annie Malone's May Day Parade. Mm, I was actually going to ask about that. Yeah, so Annie Malone had the children home there in the bill, and then every May Day, they would have the parade and it would go all through North St. Louis. Mm. And then it would end right there at 10 Park, yeah. 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 And then they would have the uh the, the pom pom pole drum and bugle yeah. corps against the American Woodman. Well see me and my organization, we was the anti uh the animal alone moving downtown. Yes, yeah. sir. We felt as if that, that that was the only thing that we had that exactly. had some... That it moved out of the village of downtown. It was in the community and whatnot, you yes, know sir. what I mean? And then you had the kind of, uh, the, the, the leadership saw fit. They want to identify with the mm. White Veil Prophet. There's something oh, else yeah, that the I... the Veil Prophet. That, mm. that I was in opposition to because of uh, the people that participated in that. Whiteville Prophet was like the Ku Klux Klan here in the city of St. Louis. And then they were the heads of all of the large businesses that refused to hire blacks in all and in, in, in the mm. better paying jobs and whatnot, you know. And uh, here, uh, 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 <laughs> I tell you, I, I had a, I, I come close to, and my organization at the time, we came close to disrupting that thing, uh, just like uh, we were doing with the Whiteville Prophet. Because it should have remained in the black yeah. community and whatnot, you know, in order to maintain and develop further pride in the, in our community. That's not to say that whites couldn't come to view it or whatnot, you know. But the point is that that was that was all we had north of Delmont. Yeah, it didn't make no kind of sense, and it still does. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I re- yeah, I remember um, that actually was a good time for me. You know, to go to the May Day Parade with my yeah, mom. And I yeah. remember, you know, be standing right there in yeah, front of Beaumont yeah. and just seeing, you know, the cars and yeah. the bands mm-hmm. and everybody coming through. You had the little vendors out there. People could get popsicles and mm-hmm. all kinds of other goodies and whatnot, you know. And you saw the blacks, uh, male and uh, female, strutting their stuff and whatnot, took mm-hmm. pride in the fact that they were there in the parade. Uh, the band, oh, it was, it was, it was the cars with the, uh, with all of the banners and stuff on mm-hmm. it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it just didn't—it didn't feel right too to go the next year yeah. and see it yeah. downtown. It yeah. was, you know, a whole another vibe, just yeah. a whole different scene yeah. than what we were used yeah. to. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I was part of that grand design to take all that energy away from the field. Mm-hmm. 
All right. They already took the money away. They took the housing, the buildings, you know, the school started deteriorating over mm-hmm. there. They shut down Marshall School. They tried to close some the three or four times. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't yeah. happen. They shut down yeah. Homer G. Phillips. But then they moved the May Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, just taking that energy, that spirit. But you from- see, the thing about it, if you think that we have some blacks now that have made it, what are they doing in order to try to reestablish some of that as much as possible? You're never going to ever make it what it once was. Mm-hmm. But at least, I mean, it seems like to me that there are some blacks that have made enough money and have done good in the white world to the extent that they could see what's happening in the the traditional black traditional black community. And those, those, those institutions and those things that that was uh, items that uh, that allowed for us to to become pretty much uh, where we are now. We're trying to reestablish that mm. yeah. and make it uh, make it uh, uh, crime free. Yeah, uh, I would think that if we did enough of that, it would neutralize a lot of the crime activities that is going on now. I think much of the crime that we see going on now is a result of of, um, of economics. Mm-hmm. See, if, one, if a person, see most of the blacks now that are committing the particular crime, they're in a state of survival. Yeah. And when you're in a state of survival, there are no limits, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So people will eat up each other when you are on the brink of uh, of uh, survival or whatnot, you know. And I think that based upon the economic conditions in the black community, uh, that's where we are, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. But I think that the, uh, uh, those blacks that have made it, they ought to have a conscience to try to put some of that money back into the community mm-hmm. and, and, and develop some decent paying jobs. I mean, for blacks to be able to take care of, uh, take care of business. Yeah, but- if a person making a decent salary, they will not see it. They won't be as angry. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? See, the, the Roberts brothers tried to do that. It seemed like when Sears Roebuck Right there on King Sideway, yeah. used to be Eastern Avenue and, and King Sideway yeah. and Eastern. Then they took over Sears Roebuck and they put a lot of black businesses yeah. up in there. But yeah, I don't know how much live and thriving that area is. They call it Roberts Village, mm. I think. But well, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, it just seemed like to me that uh, some blacks have made a whole bunch of money on other blacks' backs. And it seems like to me, when they made all that money, they decided to move out and talk about how well and what all they had done. Mm. But they're not putting putting forth any effort in order to try to uh, uh, make it such where blacks can make a decent salary, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think it's um, the majority of black people have that crab-in-the-barrel mentality. That have the what? The crab-in-the-barrel mentality. What is that? Tell me. Like, I just, think I know like what just what you said, like they step on each other's backs, yeah. they, they get out of yeah. God, you know, yeah. they make it, they yeah. forget about other people. Yeah. And then, you know, the people that are over it, um, 
the big names, the elite, mm -hmm. they're robbing mm -hmm. us of our inheritance. Mm -hmm. And we're not, you know, we're not getting anything that's ours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you have a lot of sure the politicians. Of course, we, we we don't do our fair share of voting anymore. Right. You know, we, we, we sometimes, many times, the wrong kind of people get in office, and once they get in office, they they become selfish mm -hmm. and, and 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 don't do anything except try to keep themselves in office. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, you know, we, we, it's part of the human condition. Yeah, part of the human condition, and you know, this this thing that we deal with, you know, it, it's all it goes back to the soul, just yeah. like what the sister said. You know, you you make something, you need to give back. That's what we learned at this church me mm -hmm. and Paul used to go to, Newstead Baptist Church, right over of Newstead and North Market. Mm. We learned how to tithe. I didn't know what tithing was, so I started going to Newstead Missionary Baptist Church. And whatever you earn, you give 10% back. Earn something, give 10% back to the community. What goes around comes around. You reap what you sow cast your bread upon the waters. And so that, that was something that I brought from that childhood. Yeah, my man, he, he versatile. We will make him a rip that one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's so versatile or what's that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now you see why I call him the prime minister, though. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is what it is, you yeah. know. Yeah, right. but much of it is economics. I do think economics. that if, you know, the reason why the difference in North St. Louis and Ladue is what? Money. Mm -hmm. Most of those people over there, I mean, uh, uh, you can have a, you know, just think of, imagine um, a, a community where you had black men, black females, children, but the, the family unit, is making a decent salary, whereby the family can um, can uh, direct and discipline their kid. Mm. The family unit, the, the mother and father both. Reason why you have so many broken families in the black community <clears throat> is because of economics, mm. much of the time and whatnot, mm -hmm. you know. And then, I mean, but if you had enough, uh, I mean, it's not to say that money is everything, mm -hmm. but I think it would cure most of the problem. Yeah. You know, a person wouldn't have a reason to hit a lady in the head if he's got some money in his pocket, mm -hmm. unless he's greedy. Now, you do have greedy, but most of the time, most people are not greedy. Most mm -hmm. people just want enough to do what they like to do and 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 and, uh, and be left alone. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. While we're on this subject of economics, I had a, a, another question for Brother Percy Green, mm -hmm. and that is, uh, now I've heard about you uh, when they was building uh, Gateway Arch, you climbed this scaffold, okay, and, uh, and all the reporters around and everything, and people trying to get you to come down and everything, and, uh, and finally you come down and uh, is it true that they asked you that, uh, Brother Percy Green, why, why did you ever come down? Did, did, did you say the only reason you came down because you had to go to work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> I said, I did say that. Only I, uh, that was all right. I said, 
<laughs> you know, it was me and a white dude. One of a me and a white dude climbed the arch and whatnot, you know. And it was a planned demonstration. And I was working at McDonnell Douglas. 30 days after I climbed the, uh, of the arch, they fired me from my good job at McDonnell Douglas. Mm. Yeah, but the point was that we uh, climbed the, uh, the arch because we we looked at the, they, you know, uh, the construction. It's a federal, it was a federally funded project. And uh, they're using federal dollars. And when we went there to talk to them about why, why is it that we didn't see any blacks uh, working on the job? We didn't see no black contractors. And uh, the, 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 the building of the arts said, well, they couldn't find any, they couldn't find any black uh, workers or mm -hmm. black contractors. And then, of course, he told us that if we knew of any, send them to him and he would consider hiring. I said, well, look, we're not in the business. We're not in the business of uh, employment. Well, I mean, it's not our responsibility. You are uh, building this arch with federal funds. It's your responsibility to seek these uh, workers out and uh, contract. So he refused to uh, to do that. And so uh, uh, Dick Daly, the name of the other guy, the white man and I, we organized, I was working at night. I'm working from seven to 11. So that freed me up during the day. So he and I, we, 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 uh, we scoped the place and then we saw where we could do it. And then about two weeks later, we then just climbed it. And when they came up to ask me, so how long we gonna be there? I said, we gonna be here until you have 1,000 blacks in all job classifications. And so we got into a waiting thing. Well, I had to be down. We already had the bondsman. We knew we were gonna be arrested. We had the bondsman already on standby. And I knew I had to be down. Uh, we, we got there, we hit there at 12 o'clock, because that's when all of the workers was at, at lunch. So we walked right on past them, climbed the arch, you know. Then of course, we, we knew we had, to be, uh, we had to be, I had to be down about 5.30, be arrested so I could be bonded out so I could be at work before 12 o'clock so I wouldn't be late for work, you know. And so that was why, that's, why, that, that's how that happened. And in that thing, I guess I've still been down there. <laughs> I, I've been a skeleton. The, the clock in, brother, got clock in. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know. You yeah. know they have an exhibit down there in that new museum about you climbing at an arch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I have been, uh, uh, each year they had me, as a matter of fact, this past yeah, they had me to come down and give a talk about it, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, hey, I've been arrested many, many, many times. And I invite all of you all to at least be arrested at least <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> I'm just inviting you. I mean, you know, I mean, it's good, it's good therapy. And on top of it, you'd be surprised of how you can learn about how corrupt mm. the the uh, uh, the justice system is. Mm. You see how the, the the policemen, for most part, how they lie. Mm. I mean, and lie and lie. You see that them judges are corrupt. Yeah. I mean, you see how the whole system is uh, is not near what you see 
is what you witness on TV. Mm -hmm. You know, prompting everything is being prompted and all that other. No, no. Um, you got a whole. That's why many folks have the attitudes that they have mm -hmm. is because the, the once they learn how the penitentiary is full of people up there mm -hmm. uh, on trumped up charges. It's not to say that they weren't dirty, but they were not guilty of the charges that sent them to them. Mm. So that would be just like uh, that. Just, that would be just like if you uh, you hit a fly and killed it, and then the person charged you with murder for killing the fly, and then you end up getting penitentiary time. Mm. Now, once you come out, you sure enough going to be hostile as me. Right. Now, everybody else is killing flies because it's supposed to be the thing to do, because it's not worthy of life. Mm -hmm. But then the moment you kill a fly, then you get charged for murder. Mm. That's the type of... Yeah. That's the way they, that's the way they roll. Mm -hmm. But if you do a civil disobedience with me and go to jail... <laughs> 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 I assure you, for all practical purposes, that you won't have that kind of experience. Mm. You, know? yes, you have sir. to go to court. We may have to spend a, uh, may have to um, pay a fine, but to, you know, we'll raise the money to to do that. Mm. So the days of activism. <laughs> um, <laughs> My sister, my sister, yes. uh, could you regale us with one more piece from your repertoire okay. before we start signing off? Okay. Um. If two plus two is four, then tell me why I go to Africa for bruised feet and taken by force to set the record straight, the land's not yours. Feeds with floors, less words. I can't breathe, mama, everything hurts. Centuries are treating us like dirt. Why don't they think that our lives matter? We cannot kill each other. We're doing them a favor. Uh, all black lives matter. No peace, no justice. Oh, police keep killing us. No, but we ain't giving up. We ain't giving up. No, 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 no. No, we ain't giving up. All right. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Great, great. Okay, are we winding down? <laughs> all right. I think we've hit our mark. I would like to thank all of our podcast panelists and our engineers and the man behind the camera. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Props. Yeah. Ms. Amira, thank you for yes, your assistance and dealing with it. What, where were we at? No, the Dot Zach. Yes, sir. Right? Mm -hmm. The Dot Zach, owned by Ken and Nancy Cranford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Too. And this is Bobby Norfolk. And you have been listening to an excerpt of Why of the City based on St. Louis Story Stitches. A nickel is a nickel and a dime is a dime. We would tell you more. <laughs> But we run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bob. Excellent. Thank Excellent. You. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you, my brother. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And last but not least, we want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors. The City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, and Missouri Foundation for Health. To learn more, visit storystitchers.org. Funded by Missouri Humanities Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.